Welcome to the Skeptical Auditor Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Hernan Murdoch. Today on the show, we are joined by Kathleen Crawford, a trainer, consultant, content developer, and communications expert. Kathleen also has a lot of experience as a practicing internal auditor. In this episode, we talk about her upbringing and how the many places where she lived helped her appreciate the importance of and develop her skills to be adaptable, resilient, show tolerance, and build relationships. All that and more, starting now. Kathleen, I'm a big believer in uh, taking a little bit of a look into the individual's uh, background and their history and how that may have shaped who they became. So from that perspective then, where did you grow up and how did that help shape who you have become in uh, your life as a professional? Hmm. Well, let's see. Um, I grew up in several different parts of the country. Um, I was born in Boston, Massachusetts, here in the United States. Um, but when I was a baby, my family moved to Indiana and um, uh, spent a few years there. A few siblings joined me there. Then we moved back to Massachusetts. Um, but one of the things that really shaped me, I think, was the number of schools that I went to. Um, I started at kindergarten in one school, first grade another, second grade another, third another, four to wow. six another, and on and on from there. And even in uh, middle school, um, our, there were two middle schools in the, the town that we lived in at the time. And uh, we even had to interrupt our learning because um, there was a fire in one middle school and we went to double sessions. The town had to go to double sessions so that uh, all of the kids who were in seventh and eighth grade would a be able to be educated. So, um, so yeah, it, I, I forgotten who said it. We live our lives forward and we understand it looking backward. Um, one of the things that I think is true about that experience of multiple schools is a certain adaptability, a certain resilience, um, a certain willingness to tolerate, um, mm -hmm unexpected, unexpected turns and twists. So that's part of... And ability to interact with people anew, right? Make new friends and acquaintances mm -hmm. and, and be able to get along with people and, and just kind of try to find a way to fit in right away or quickly anyway. So uh, interesting how I would imagine it was probably difficult at the time, but in retrospect, it probably helped you acquire those skills. And, and you are well regarded in terms of your communication skills and interpersonal skills. And that's why we have you here. So I uh, definitely uh, worked in your favor in that regard. So uh, so happy to have you here talking with us about these things. So when it comes to becoming an internal auditor, how do you join this profession? I, um, I had a dream to become a veterinarian. So I studied uh, science in, um, in college. And um, unfortunately, when I met organic chemistry, that's the subject that separates the wheat from the chaff. Um, so I had to adapt there. Um, and, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I sort of cast around uh, for a few different things. When I got out of college, I went into banking. Um, when I was in banking for about a year and a half, a position, an internal audit um, uh, position opened up, and it just sounded interesting. I think 
for the reasons that you just mentioned. I was curious and adaptable, and I thought it would be interesting to try something new. Uh, and that was in my early 20s, and I really haven't looked back since because everything about the pre profession really, really suits me. Well, well really it's interesting that you raise it that way or present it that way, because that's in, in some ways part of my experience as well with internal audit. I, I, that was not my plan. Uh, I consider myself an accidental auditor, and I started in banking as well and went into uh, working in an insurance company as a business analyst, and then I joined Internal Audit because I wanted to travel. And over time, I've done a lot of different things as a practitioner, as an instructor, an author, and, and other things that I've done along the way. So the profession has provided so many opportunities for me along the way, but joining was not something that I had originally thought about, except for that point in time where I said, I would like to see other parts of the world, and won't you know it, here's an opportunity to do that. So... Let's try it out. And I've been in this field for so long uh, and enjoyed every minute of it, of course, as well. Me but too. very interesting how things turn out. So as we're thinking about uh, the different things that are happening in our world, right? One of the things about internal auditors is the need to stay up to date, stay aware, be knowledgeable about different things that impact organizations, both within and outside. So as you think about some of the, the, the events that are occurring in the world around us, what are some of the, let's call them predictions or mm -hmm. trends or risks that you see that auditors should be on the lookout for? I think we need to pay close attention to where our organizations um, do business for a, a few different reasons. I think that there are certainly uh, uh, political winds that are changing and shifting. Um, there's certainly uh, the climate of our planet uh, is, uh, is different than it used to be regionally and in, in the main. Um, and I think that that can have a um, that can have an influence on where uh, where our organizations put their divisions and their um, and their uh, their teams. How do we make sure that uh, that we're able to pivot when necessary to some of the um, presenting risks in our lines of business? Um, one one thing about it um, to make it more practical instead of esoteric is that I think it's important that audit departments uh, don't, uh, that kind of get away from the annual schedule um, or even the multi-year schedules. Um, trying to put together a plan that's going to run for three years is, is just asking, asking for, asking for it. Um, things are going yes. to change. You're going to be frustrated. Things, yes. Yeah. Super frustrated. And you're not going to be very uh, attentive to the needs and expectations of the people that you're actually supposed to be serving in, in regard to the areas, processes, and systems that you're auditing. Um, so on, on that point, Kathleen, I, I think that what, what you're touching upon here is, is interesting because one of the things that we have seen recently, for example, is the ESG framework. And talk about the environment, social, and governance. Mm -hmm. And some people may be looking at that and saying, oh, here's another framework and just, you know, where's the checklist and what do I need to go and look for or look at? And what you're, what you're doing is introducing that same concept but from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. What is the organization doing? What is its mission? And where does that mission take them? And how things like the environment and climate change and, and its, its uh, footprint around the world, how does that impact 
the ability to achieve the mission, how it impacts the business model, how does it impact the workers, the, the vendors, the suppliers. All of those things are part of that dynamic, but we need to think of it from the perspective of the organization and where the stakeholders happen to be. So mm -hmm. I, I like that interesting perspective that you're bringing to our attention because in some cases we are so focused on the frameworks and perhaps not so much on the other elements that are really directly related to the organization. Right. Um, you know what a big fan I am of, of open and deep communication. I, I really believe that as we stand up our projects, however many or however few we have, it's so vital that we talk to people as humans to find out what, um, what kinds of challenges are folks having, what are their priorities, of course, but what's the, what's the uh, context within which they're trying to get things done and how can we support that, support those efforts? as opposed to working at cross purposes or keeping our eye only on what we had down on paper. Right. So, so back to your point earlier about the audit plan, the, the mistake made by some that they are going to set this plan and they're going to do everything imaginable to try to meet that plan mm -hmm. and, and, and try to make everything fit into it when, in fact, perhaps we need to be a little bit more flexible and adaptable. And this also brings up another interesting methodology change that has come about in the last few years, which is agile auditing. I was waiting And a lot of practitioners <laughs> are struggling with it. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yes. So uh, how, how you just, it seems to me like you're looking at these dynamics and saying, okay, here's a framework, but here's the why. And, and if right. we were to think about the bigger picture and the human element in some cases, right, the stakeholder perspective more broadly, that we're going to see where these methodologies really make sense and how they can definitely help us along. Right. And then, you know, the agile methodology has, uh, has really amped up the collaboration with the stakeholder. So the, the period of time that we might have called pre-planning or planning uh, can, can actually be something that is uh, far broader and deeper in order to gain an understanding of what those pain points are and how we might be able to bring our expertise and marry it to their expertise and work in a collaborative fashion. Um, so I'm a, bit, I'm a huge fan of that uh, as well, and I can't wait to see where it's going to go. This is very, very interesting, and I definitely appreciate your perspective on that. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by ACI Learning. Are you looking for CPE credits, professional development, to continue your education, or a custom team training solution? Here at ACI Learning, we've been building high-quality training for over 40 years, meeting the needs of every learner. Our training solutions will keep you and your team engaged and motivated to learn helping students stay sharp in their field and better serve the organization. Join thousands of global audit risk and compliance professionals. Visit acilearning.com to find out how we're disrupting the audit learning space. We're continuing our conversation with Kathleen Crawford. Kathleen, so when we're thinking in terms of uh, the different things that auditors do, and we just touched on a few things in terms of that need for collaboration and flexibility and adaptability, and, and in many cases, even empathy, right? We need to be mindful mm -hmm. about uh, the needs of our stakeholders so we can service and provide the service that they're expecting. So what should auditors do differently or better? Uh, I think that's a, as an, perhaps an, an interesting way of continuing this observation around the kind of thing that auditors should be doing. So what should they do uh, differently or better? 
In my opinion, one of the things that any of us could do uh, better is, and maybe this is also different, is to listen more than we speak. Um, I One of my aunts had a saying that we have two ears and two eyes and one mouth. We should use them in proportion. So um, if... It, Instead of, instead of, you know, coming in at the beginning of the project and talk about what you're going to do for them, ask what those pain points are, ask what those frustrations are, um, what do they not have enough bandwidth for, and what might we be able to contribute. Um, so in the vein of communication, I always lean into um, the acronym 5W2H, those open-ended questions, who, what, when, where, why, how, and how much. If, if we really think about drawing people out, uh, I think we'll make a better, a better first impression, and hopefully that, that impression will continue throughout, uh, throughout the project. Um, I also think I, I, that I, we get oh, – go ahead. No, no, I always wanted to comment on, on what you just uh, brought to our attention because, uh, you know, the word auditor comes from audio or to listen, to hear, right? And mm -hmm. uh, so so that definitely brings up a very important point there as well, where the, the importance of listening and paying attention, being observant as well, right, is taking in that information. In some mm -hmm. cases, what we tend to do as, as auditors is we're so focused on finishing this checklist or this program or going through this list of requirements, requests, documents, data. Uh, can I see this? Can you show me that? That we're really not listening enough. We're not observing enough. We're not engaging sufficiently with our client and hearing from them. And we sometimes talk about them being process owners. We talk about uh, them as being subject matter experts in their own field or their, their area of work, right? But we don't give them that, let's call it respect, in the sense that we're not really paying attention to them. We come in with our own agenda. So I, I believe that that is such an important thing. So I really like what you just brought to our attention. Here's a great reminder that we need to really focus on that. So you were going just about to introduce another uh, great idea for us. Well, so the other uh, another thing that I have been thinking about a lot is uh, not only the the communication and really listening to people and letting them have a, you know, a fair, giving them a fair hearing, but, uh, but also um, that collaboration, uh, um, thinking of, of the people that we audit as true business partners. Can we be seen as business partners? Uh, can we behave in such a way as they think of us less as an adversary? And I don't think that that's, pervasive necessarily, but there are still pockets of, of uncertainty and maybe a certain amount of um, hesitancy to be forthcoming when, when you talk to internal auditors. So I think we have to put people, uh, people at ease and give them a, um, some um, overview of what our purpose is and what we're trying to accomplish. And I, I, usually prefer to talk about it in the context of project management. I have a project that I have to do. Um, it ha has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Right now we're at the beginning, and I'm trying to better uh, understand what it is that you do, how that fits into the bigger picture of, um, of our organization, and, and maybe um, look at ways that I might, uh, might assist in pinpointing better, faster, and cheaper ways of doing things. 
one of the things that I've learned over the years is that people like to talk about the work that they do, and they are going to be willing to do that if you present yourself in a more friendly way. You still need to be professional. We, we understand their, their role of professional skepticism as well, so I just wanted to put that on the table as well, just for anyone who may be saying, well, wait a second, you can't be too trust, trusting either. And I understand and I appreciate that. But once we address those uh, baseline requirements and we explain what our role is, and then we start engaging with them as professionals and, and showing that respect and, and, and that attentiveness to them, they're going to reciprocate and they'll start to share what's working and what's not working. Mm -hmm. And as they do that, it's going to make our jobs a lot easier. Is, is that, has that also been your experience? It, it really definitely has. The, um, the ability to break down barriers, and I think this, this links back to what I said about being the new kid in many different schools, is that you have to, you have to be comfortable. Um, I think any of us has to be comfortable with new experiences. And because, um, because we're coming in to somebody's area and their responsibilities, I think it, it is giving a lot of respect to not presuming that what, what is written on the page is the way that things actually work. We need to talk to people about how things actually work and what they actually do and what, you, you know, in um, job descriptions, how there's that phrase, other duties as required. Um, exactly, yes. Can we probe at their other duties as required? The stuff that doesn't show up anywhere on, on uh, the printed page or in a manual um, that still has to be done. And that's the way that they bring value to what they do. So the more that we can ask those questions and, and um, make it comfortable for them to share and uh, give our give them a gift of our time. Let's not rush through the checklist, as I think you were alluding to before. Let's not, mm -hmm. you know, just uh, use that internal control questionnaire, type as furiously as we can by looking at our keyboard instead of looking at the person that's across the desk from us or on Zoom, uh, on the other side of Zoom from us. Yeah. Right. And, and, and one of the concerns, uh, you know, and as, as I talk to different people and how we have made this uh, interesting migration away from that on-site to more of a video conferencing environment, part of the concern is that people will even go further along that line, right? Because even when people are on-site, sometimes they'll sit in a, in a conference room, in a meeting room, or you know, even a cubicle, doesn't matter where, and then they'll, they'll open up the laptop and they'll be furiously typing and they're backspacing and they're moving things and there's a tap, tap, tap going on while the person is talking. And sometimes, you, you know, and you can sometimes know that they are feeling a little bit uneasy about it. There's a little bit of a generational difference mm -hmm. in, in terms of how people feel about it, if it's okay or not. There's an organizational cultural element as well. Some organizations, mm -hmm. that's just how they operate. For others, maybe not so much. So we need to also be very aware of those dynamics and, and find a way to integrate our practice accordingly so that we don't alienate our clients as we go about doing this. Now, one thing that I'd like to come back to when you mentioned uh, preconceived notions. Right, you come in and, and uh, you have this idea about what you're going to run into or see. And I remember early on having worked as a business analyst, and, and some of the work was with legacy systems, you know, older computer systems, uh, and all of the different limitations that it had, and all the concerns that we had with it. And going to some developing countries, doing some reviews, and finding that their computer systems were actually more advanced than some of the things that we had in the United States, because. 
later adoption of some of the technology. So some of the issue that we were anticipating had been addressed and they had beautiful controls in place. So part of that is, again, one of those things where you need to be open-minded. You still mm -hmm. need to ask the questions and, and, and be prepared, but it was a very interesting learning experience there on my part. I I found the same thing. You you referenced uh, liking to travel. I also love to travel. And I found that same thing that uh, we have to get out of our quote unquote comfort zone and see how things are, are done in other places because I've also had experience where technology in, in certain regions of the world is is head and shoulders above where we might be here in the U.S., so in some ways, I mean, not always, certainly, but some ways. And and that's, you know, they say that travel broadens you as a person, and I definitely find that to be the case. Right. I totally yeah. agree. And you need to be prepared to be surprised. Indeed. Uh, so this is, yes, yes, indeed. So uh, we'll be right back as we continue our conversation with Kathleen Crawford about all of these wonderful things about communication skills and how to be better business partners with the stakeholders that we interact with. Thank you for listening to the Skeptical Auditor podcast, and a big thank you to our guest, Kathleen Crawford. If you're looking for more ways to stay ahead of the curve and earn CPEs, check out Audit Pro TV On Demand, subscription learning for auditors by auditors. Visit acilearning.com slash auditprotv. TV.